Life is good. I'm ready? Are you ready? Grand. I'm ready to go, man. I'm all I'm all fired up. I've been waiting. This is two weeks in the making. I see what you did there. Fired I'm up. All, Great ball oh, of fire. Damn. You you got me. What's up, Geekiverse? It's Bruno 1.0, and I'm here with Mr. TLC himself, Troy. What's going on, man? How's life? He's back. He's back. Yeah, well, you know, I uh, I had to push the time back a little bit because I had to go get some pizza, to be honest with you. So that was, you know, <laughs> I slated I slated you uh, to a later uh, later time because I needed some uh, so. But I'm good. I'm ready to go now. I'm all, like, I got energy. I'm ready to talk about some wrestling. So... You didn't tell me why you slated the time back till just now, and now I'm learning live. Well, not live. It's recording, but recorded through this podcast that you, you pushed our time back for pizza. And this is why I told you right now, because I wanted the raw emotion. I didn't want to tell you before. Uh, <laughs> I wanted the real reaction. I tell you these things like, hey, I've got to sleep after this. Hey, man, I'm trying to you know get things done so I can go to bed. And you push back the half-hour limit for pizza. Hey man, getting my nutrients is important. Okay, those are that's a major food group right there. If I'm gonna be honest, the one reason I'm most upset is because over the weekend, I wanted to just go get like a Little Caesars pizza, and eat the whole damn thing, and I didn't do it. Oh, you should have treated yourself, girl. You need I, that full Caesars pizza every once in a while. I was watching a video on The Rock. We'll talk wrestling eventually, I promise. But I was watching a video on The Rock and his major cheat days. And all he does is get like a stack of pancakes and eat them. Or like three pizzas and eat every single piece or every single slice. And I wanted to do the same thing, but like a mini version. I'm not The Rock. I can't eat three pizzas. I can down one maybe on a good day. And I, I just didn't do it. He's absurd. Like, I don't, I've seen those cheat day pictures. I don't know how he turns into the boulder. Yeah, I don't either. Like, it, how do you turn all of that gross fat and sludge coming off the pizza and turn it into lean, just muscle? I don't get it. It's just like uh, Mr. Owl and the Tootsie Pops, you know? The world just may never know. <laughs> how do you make that reference right there? That makes no, okay. Split uh, it, it in quite smoothly. That's what she said. Uh, ha cha cha, bazinga! Th- this is supposed to be a PG show. <laughs> Speaking oh, of PG era, yeah, yeah. Speaking of PG shows, let's talk Great Balls of Fire, which within itself is a terrible joke. But yeah. what are you gonna do? Uh, did you watch the pre-show? Uh, no. What did I miss? Uh, Neville and Akira Tozawa for the cruiserweight championship. How, so I mean, how was that? Uh, it wasn't terrible. The ending was a little weird. I'll explain it to you as best I can. So they were going back and forth. Titus O'Neil was a hype man for Akira. And uh, at one point, Neville pulls Akira Tozawa down on the, from the top rope. So his groin just hits the top rope. Mm-hmm. He, he crotch shot him, basically. And then after that, Neville kicks the top rope. So, you know, it hurts his great balls of fire. And I'm only using that reference because Neville himself said that out loud to the crowd. Great balls of fire. That was, that was the joke. And then he pinned him, and that was it. One, two, three. So there was no, like, actual finishing maneuver to end the match. Uh, yeah, I, I thought it was fine until that point. 
Well, you know, I think Neville's going to have trouble unless they finally push like Cedric Alexander because you know his number one his number one opponent just went bye bye this week um, in Austin Aries. Yeah, Austin Aries is out. He, uh, I, the rumor is he asked for his release, but I've also read reports that people backstage were fed up with him and his uh, attitude towards the writing staff. So I don't really know what to think about that one. But yeah, Austin Aries is gone. Huh. I mean, I don't necessarily blame him because I have been saying it since the beginning. You know, if you look at his NXT run while it was short, um, he was facing you know, the main event guys, main event guys are just, you know, bigger guys. And then all of a sudden he comes here and he gets pigeonholed into the cruiserweight. He, he was probably very upset. So I don't blame him. I mean, him and Baron Corbin, I think it was Corbin, him and yeah. At yeah, uh, NXT Dallas, right? Right. Yeah. Yep. They had a solid match. And I mean, Aries won with a weird roll up, but it was still a great match. And Baron Corbin's supposedly like a world beater, but I thought, uh, I thought Aries proved that you can hang with anyone. Aries has been world champion all over the place, you know, all other places he's worked. And while, you know, Ring of Honor and TNA, he's held the world title, you know, not just their version of the cruiserweight title, you know. So I could see how he could probably got discouraged. Yeah, and I I fear that the same type of thing might happen to Neville because I think Neville has proved in NXT as well that he can hang with the big guys. I mean, Sami Zayn's... uh, larger dude and he hung with him just fine kevin owens uh finn balor and you name him he hung with the big dudes oh yeah he he always you know what even when he was on the main roster and they weren't utilizing him very well and obviously he was probably just taking l's all over the place he was still putting on great matches you know you can always get a good match out of him that's for sure and uh neville retains the title here with a weird uh kick to the ropes uh i don't i have nothing else really to say about that one neville moves on and i don't think he should lose the title anytime soon because, like you said, he doesn't really have a real competitor now that Aries nope. is gone. So I'm I'm interested to see who they would even you know who they would even deem uh, right for him to push. Uh, I did hear a quick rumor, and then we can get back to it. But quick rumor is I heard that Leo Rush from Ring of Honor may possibly uh, be on his way, but he's a tiny guy, so he would probably be looped into the 205s as well. Who, and for I, those who don't know, because uh, we were discussing this before we started recording, I don't know much about ROH, but I know Leo Rush is in the ROH realm. Give us a little background on him. Uh, very tiny guy. Um, I think it might have been 2014 or 15. He, uh, Ring of Honor does a tournament every year with all of the you know, guys that they bring in, like a, like a training, almost like an NXT or a training camp. And they give him a tournament, and then they basically win like a rookie of the year tournament. And I'm pretty sure Rush won that a few years ago, and then had a good run in uh, had a good run in Ring of Honor. I mean, it was more his style, a lot of guys his size, more his pace. You know, great high flyer. Uh, you know, moves like that. So that's why I think he would he'd probably mesh well into the cruiserweights, and I think he would be a good fit there, and probably bring, uh, hopefully, try to reinvigorate people to actually watch the cruiserweight decision, you know, or actually don't go get a snack during the matches <laughs> for sure. Uh, and as you reported or suggested from the rumor mill, July 9th reported rush has been offered an NXT contract and his signing was imminent. So we'll, uh, we'll see what happens there. Yeah. Uh, first match open the night, Bray Wyatt and Seth Rollins on the main card. Um, I'm, I'm kind of glad Bray Wyatt won. 
I, I, I think he's taken a lot of losses lately, and it's about time that his little sadistic chaos works to his advantage. Oh, yeah. The, the poor guy just takes loss after loss. I mean, I think he's a great talent. I love the character. Um, just a great worker, too. Like, you know, I thought this – it was a good opening match. You know, I think it's a good one to get the crowd into it early on. Uh, him and Seth, you know, they – would they give him, like, 15, you know, 15 minutes, 15, 20 minutes maybe? Uh, 12 minutes, yep. Oh, okay. So a little shorter than I thought, but honestly – Thought it was a good match. Uh, you know, I didn't have any problems with it. It wasn't like this spectacular knockdown drag out match, but you know, it was good enough. Like I said, to I think, you know, get the crowd into it early on. Yeah, I same thing. I thought it was great the way to open up the the crowd to it. I, Bray Wyatt and Seth Rollins are both kind of guys that the crowd likes to cheer for at this point in time. Absolutely. Um, so I, yeah, I thought it was great to get the crowd uh, involved early on, but I, I don't really know where they go with either of them from here. Uh, is Bray Wyatt and Seth Rollins going to continue this feud into SummerSlam? Like where, where do they go? And that was my problem with it too. I was, I definitely echo your sentiments there. I was thinking the same thing, you know, all right. I, I feel like a win, a win either way, wasn't gaining any ground, whether Seth had won or, you know, obviously Bray won. Where do they go now? You know, do they, I wouldn't mind seeing this feud go into SummerSlam because maybe you could, you know, throw a stipulation on it, you know, a bigger match for SummerSlam. And I think that would work. But it's crazy to me that these two, you may not see them in the title picture for a while based on, you know, we'll get to that later, obviously. But based on the talks of what they want to do with Lesnar and that, it's like these are two contenders that are getting thrown into an opening match of a pay-per-view. You know what I mean? Yeah. And I, there's no real story behind their feud right now. Uh, no. they, they just don't like each other, I guess. Um, I mean, back when Bray Wyatt faced Randy Orton, there was obviously the split of the Wyatt family and all that fun. Uh, yep. even back when he faced like Roman Reigns, you know, he made fun of his family and he brought out pictures of his daughter and like, there was a lot of meat there. Anyone but you Roman. And now it's just like, eh, these guys are two top dogs and they don't want to, you know, they don't want anyone else to get it in front of the other. I, I don't know. I don't know. Yeah, I, that's why I am interested to see what's going to happen tonight. I, I'd i be okay if they furthered it because um, right now I feel like they have nothing for them to do. Or maybe they do, but it, it would be interesting to see what they do tonight. Definitely, definitely. So we'll see where that one goes onward. Uh, after that, it was Big Cass and Enzo Amore. Uh, I think this one went how it should have went uh big cast came out to new music which was kind of discouraging to be honest i i wanted him to still come out to that good old enzo and cast music but obviously they are kind of going with the singles runs here and big cast just beat the crap out of enzo yep uh pretty much exactly how i thought the match was going to go to how it should have went and you know it went exactly how it should have went um yeah, I don't, I don't know how I feel about the music because I just, like you said, I love the old tune. I mean, that old tune, thank God we'll still be able to hear it with Enzo. But the cat, I, I just feel like the cast music didn't fit the character. No, not at all. And I, I don't really know what the character is with Cass aside from he's a big seven footer and now he's mean. <laughs> you know, I guess. I guess I did see somewhere, I don't know if he tweeted it or there, or the WWE is just saying he said this, 
but he made some statement about obviously he's like you know i'm the next universal champion so i don't know if he's gonna you know pro prolong the feud with enzo into SummerSlam or if they're gonna put him in like a number one contender type situation i don't know what's gonna happen with Cass. i don't know what's gonna happen with enzo yeah that's one of the bigger problems is I think if they let them go their separate ways now and Cass focuses on his singles run and Enzo focuses on his singles run or whatever may have you, and then at some point they bring them back together, the crowd would love it because that reunion is going to be magical. Um, but they've, I feel like they've got to be done with the feud now. Like Enzo's never going to stand a chance. Yeah, I mean, that's it. He, Like you said, he came in. I, I don't know about you, but I couldn't believe that one bump he took where – Cash, Cash just threw him over the ropes. Yeah. <laughs> Cash just launched him. I'm like, is he going into the crowd like ECW style or what? Where is he going to drop him? That, for that, for this show, that probably wouldn't have been that insane considering what happened later on with uh, Braun and Roman. But yeah, I, the Enzo can only take so many beatings to where it's like, all right, we get it. He's small. Big Cass is seven feet tall. Uh, you got to move on. I think, I think big cast, if it's the universal title, so be it. Maybe that's his thing now, but, uh, I think they just got to separate them for good now and just let them do their own thing until they bring them back together, which is obviously going to happen. I think, I think with cast too, for right now to prove himself as a singles guy, you got to put him against people like, uh, like a Hawkins or like a Heath Slater, like let him pick up, let him pick up some W's against some, smaller guys you know that he can just beat the crap out of and throw around you know show his dominance i think i think you got to build them that way definitely if you could have like you said uh hawkins slater uh maybe even like uh bo dallas people like that definitely give him some big wins and then let him kind of prove himself again yeah and i i another rumor mill i heard which i think would be a great way to go about it is if um, you know, when they do reunite, if almost like Enzo just ends up turning heel, like he just joins the dark side with him. Hmm. That would be interesting for sure. And I mean, I think whether, whether they keep them as a tag team or they're just back together, you know, I, I, I think Enzo would be a great manager for Cass. I mean, Cass would never have to say a word. He would just have to use his you know, behemoth body frame to do the work. And then Enzo could just talk for him. Yeah. It would be hard to turn Enzo at this point though. Absolutely. Because he's got, he's so over, even with like no seven footer behind him. He's so over his promos are just way too good. But I like, you know, in a reverse John Cena way, I think he probably could turn heel and just like run his mouth and do the opposite of what he's doing now. It could easily be done. Mm -hmm. So, We'll see what happens with the big cast, Nenzo, as we move on to SummerSlam. Uh, After that, it was Cesaro and Sheamus versus the Hardy Boys. Uh, I loved this match. I was kind of worried about them going 30 minutes, especially the Hardy Boys, who are kind of old now. Uh, But I thought this match was fantastic right from the opening thing where uh, Cesaro and Sheamus got a quick one by pretending that Cesaro was in the ring and then Sheamus just hit the bro kick and boom, one nothing right off the bat. Yeah, and um, it was one of those things where I didn't I didn't know it was going to happen, but when it did happen, I was like, okay, I, that makes sense. I could have, you know, if I went through the scenarios, I could have guessed that. Um, and I, yeah, I mean, I don't care what anybody says. In in my opinion, 
these two teams, whatever type of stipulation, whatever ma- like stipulation or match you put them in, um, I think they always have a solid match with each other. Yeah, and this and this one made a lot more sense than the cage match, which was like, hey, just get out of the ring and you'll win, you morons. Uh, they, they went all the way to the end. They didn't like force overtime, which I was kind of thinking might happen, but uh, literally one second away from tying it up, and that's how you want it. It builds drama all the way to the 30-minute mark, and I just I li- I loved every second of this, and I thought this could have been the match of the night. I don't know. I'm kind of on the... I'm on the bar on this one. Yeah, I mean, I I agree with you. I definitely think it's a uh, it's a candidate. It was a strong match. Um, I love I love the section in there where Cesaro and Sheamus were taking turns taking one of uh, one of the Hardys off the apron so they couldn't tag him. Like I thought that was a great heel move. I thought it looked good and you know got more heat on them. And obviously, like you said, built the drama that you know Jeff and Matt just couldn't tag each other the whole time. I also love the fact that uh, Matt Hardy busted his face open. Holy hell. Right? I don't think he did it on purpose, but it happened. And then at the very end, the match is over, and he's uh, crouching in the corner, and he looks real broken. I'm just saying, he looks real freaking broken. If it doesn't happen Monday night, I'm going to be real disappointed. I'm I'm just waiting for it. And and actually... I did, uh, my sources usually, I don't know if you use the website, it's uh, still real to us. But I haven't even heard of it. <laughs> check that one out. I like to, I like to read their stuff. Um, they had mentioned that it seems like Anthem, all parties involved, Anthem and WWE and the Hardys are actually closing in on getting the Hardys that gimmick. Hmm. Okay. So, that's an interesting tidbit maybe to read, but it, it, it honestly wasn't much further information than what I just said, but it seems like they could be closing in on, you know, becoming broken, which everybody's waiting for it. It's, I think right now it's a matter of, you know, when, not if. Yeah. Matt Hardy needed nine stitches after the match at Great Balls of Fire. Yeah, he, it happened, it must have happened like right at the end too. I think he did that turnbuckle twist of fate to Seamus and all of a sudden next thing I know like half of his face is red it's just the crimson mask yep I was watching at work don't tell my bosses but I was watching at work and uh I saw he just had a huge cut above his eye and I was like oh man that thing was not intended to happen that was a forceful cut and he was just bleeding all over the place and I swear his face he was looking real broken I just want it to happen oh boy it's gotta (sighs) But uh, Cesaro and Sheamus, they won 4-3 and, and what was probably, for me, the match of the night. I, I might convince myself otherwise by the end of this podcast, but we'll see. Uh, after that, Sasha Banks versus Alexa Bliss. Uh, underwhelming, I think, is the word I'll use for this one. I thought it was solid until the ending. The ending just kind of rubbed me the wrong way. Yeah, uh, I would agree. You know, sitting in my buddy's basement with a, you know, a few friends and it was I, I thought it was you know i think they work well together which i think is funny because another thing that i'm reading online and you know obviously i believe a hundred percent of what's <laughs> written on but smart man exactly i guess they have quite a bit of heat with each other or i guess sasha doesn't like alexa allegedly like you know a real life type of thing 
I've heard of that. I don't know the reasoning behind it, but I've heard such uh, rumor and innuendo. Yeah, but I, you know, I, like you said, I thought the match was pretty good. Uh, I thought they had pretty good chemistry together. But uh, yeah, that ending, I don't know what it is about. I, I like Alexa a lot. I'm that's that's fine. Keep her title run going. But it's like, what are they doing with Sasha now too? They're giving her these title opportunities, and she's just losing them and losing them. And she lost by countout, which is, uh, to me, sets up a, a rematch, obviously, because she didn't lose the match. She just didn't win the title. Um, yeah. So, and my biggest pet peeve with this match, uh, my biggest pet peeve, Alexa Bliss pulls the old elbow thing again, and Michael Cole, Booker T, and Corey Graves act like they've never seen it before. She did this on SmackDown. Yeah. Like, what, what do you mean you've never seen it before? Don't act like SmackDown is not a thing. You promote it all the freaking time. So don't... Uh, I drives me nuts. I cannot stand when the announcers do that on anything, on anything. That, that's my favorite is, like, you know, they want to pretend like wrestling fans are just, like, you know, super naive and only watch their product. You know, like, my favorite is when... I'm getting off a little bit, but when you get, like, a you got Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn for the first time in WWE. But they're like, oh, first time ever. They've never, ever faced off before. I'm like, "Uh, pretty sure they have at least 50 other times. Right. And I just, I hate when they make stupid remarks like that. Yeah, like about her arm. Like, oh, she's never done this before. I can't remember who she did it against on SmackDown. It might have been Naomi. It might have been Mickey James. I can't remember. But she did it. And it happened during a pay-per-view, and she won the title because of it. But, or she kept the title, whatever happened. I don't remember. But she did it before. And they're just like, oh, I've never seen anything like that. We've literally seen her do it in, an, in another match on yeah. your network. <laughs> yeah. yeah, right, exactly. On, on the same programming, too. I, I can't stand that. I agree with you. That's the, this match was good, and then it just, it just went off a cliff exactly when the, when the, the count-out happened. So I, I think there's probably a rematch coming at some point because, like I said, Sasha didn't lose. Yeah, and you know what? Make it another women's stipulation match. I don't know because the women's stipulation matches, I think, have been pretty good so far, the ones that they put them in. Aside from the uh, kendo stick on a pole, yeah, I agree. <laughs> oh, yeah. Excuse me. Forgot, forgot about that one little hiccup. Well, it's good that you forgot because you want to have a short memory when remembering stupid stuff like that. That's right. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, after that, it was The Miz with Maurice Curtis Axel and Bo Dallas. And he took on Dean Ambrose for like the 42 millionth time. Uh, I didn't hate the match. Uh, it wasn't shocking by any means that Miz won the way he did, but I, I thought it was a pretty solid match for what it was. Yeah. Um these guys, these guys do work well together. They do, um, and they try to switch. They try to switch it up as much as they can. I think. I mean, like those two, in terms of how the match goes. You know, in terms of how it's structured. But uh, decent match. Classic heel win by the Miz. You know, having his Miztourage, <laughs> uh, having his Miztourage interfere and. He gets the pin. So, I mean, it's good, but, uh, you know, I think this, this right now could have been one spot where they could have had Finn, uh, interject 
because that's another thing. What the hell? He hasn't been on the last two pay-per-views in a match, this one and then the last one. I don't think he was involved in a matchup. Uh, he was in the Fatal Five-Way. Okay, he wasn't. All right, that's right. <laughs> Sorry, not to burst your bubble. Okay. No, 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 it's okay. So what, like, there was one... There was one, though, where he was only on Miz TV. Yeah, that was the one previous. Um, um, payback, right? Yeah, payback. There you go. Yeah. So, I mean, they have that, like, luring background of him and the Miz. Like, you know, I thought this, is, I thought this was one spot that you could interject Finn. I mean, if, if the title, if the universal title picture is clogged up right now, that's fine. Have Finn go after the Intercontinental title or something. Yeah, I, I mean, Finn Balor is obviously, uh, I don't want to say above the Intercontinental title because uh, yeah, he could obviously make it mean something again, but sure. uh, he's probably bigger than the Intercontinental title. But if you put it on him for six, seven months, and then you make another star by having someone beat him. And then Finn can, you know, maybe re-inject himself back into the Universal title picture. And... Yeah, like you said, we, I've, this is something we've seen. Put something new in the Intercontinental title picture. You, right. liter- you literally had Miz and Ambrose facing off on SmackDown for that title for a while, a couple months, and then you bring them both to Raw and do the same thing? I, uh, it doesn't make yeah, any sense. It's just a broken record at this point, and I do see where you're going with what you're saying about Finn, and I think that's my issue is, you know, I remember a time when, you know, I saw, yeah, like I'm 23 going on 24. I sound like I'm 85. (laughs) I remember a time where, you know, the Intercontinental title was used to make a star. You put this, you put that strap on them and they ran with it for a while. And after they lost, after they lost it, they usually moved on to bigger and better things like the world title. Right. The Intercontinental title was almost a stepping stone to get to the world title. You look at uh, Shawn Michaels, Triple H, Bret Hart, Stone Cold. I mean, the list goes on and on. The Rock. And now it just kind of seems like it's a classical, classical, classic mid-card belt that uh, we just put on people that we want to make feel a little bit more important. Yeah, and that's the problem is like, you know, I like like guys like Dean Ambrose. And The Miz, not a huge fan of him, but I got to give credit where credit is due. I think his work has been fantastic. But, you know, it's almost, it almost feels like, like you said, you know, what are you going to do with these guys if they're not in the title picture? Yeah. And I don't, honestly, with Dean Ambrose, I don't know. Like, right. he's going to become irrelevant again, I fear. Or maybe he'll, re- I, uh, he's been teaming a lot with uh, uh, Roman Reigns on live events. So I don't know if they're going to try and do something there again. But, uh, I Dean Ambrose to me just needs to move on from the Miz. I'm done with it. Yeah, uh, and I wouldn't if they're going to keep Roman. If they're going to keep Roman out of the title picture for a little bit, uh, depending if they're going to have him go with Lesnar at SummerSlam or not, uh, maybe that would be good for him to do. You know, something for him to do while the other guys are focused on the Universal title, and then you know when he's done with this little run with Dean, he can go back to the title picture. Yeah, for sure. And since we're speaking about Roman, let's go to the next match. Braun Strowman, Roman Reigns, ambulance match. Uh, I might convince myself this was the match of the night. I might do it. I thought this match was a lot better than what I expected. Um, Braun Strowman looked phenomenal. Roman Reigns looked phenomenal. 
and they both just look like uh, monsters. And that's, I think, what you needed to accomplish coming out of this match. I agree, hundred percent. I was, I was actually pleasantly surprised. I was, I was a big fan of this match. Um, I thought it was a good ending too because you made Strowman look really strong, but at the same time, you did it in a way where you know Roman obviously came back and made himself look strong. So both guys, I think, you know, even though Strowman got the win, both guys came out on top on that one. Yeah, and that's, I feared, okay, so when Strowman moved out of the way, Roman goes for the spear, misses, goes into the ambulance, Strowman, you know, locks the door, boom, he wins the match. I'm like, all right, Roman's going to get the last laugh here, right? And sure enough, he gets in the ambulance, he drives off, and he crashes that thing into a brick wall and everyone's like okay so Strowman might be dead like he's he's pretty beat up now he gone right yeah i was thinking like uh old school vince mcmahon gets blown up in a limo style like he's just dead or he's written off tv for a while i don't know uh and then Strowman walks out well yeah eventually he walks out of that thing and he just says leave me alone (laughs) like a freaking monster how do you do that Uh, that that whole scene there was definitely very uh, a la Attitude Era, if you ask me. Oh, for sure. It reminded me of uh, when Stone Cold brought the wrecking ball down on the uh, limo or whatever. Yes, on the DX Express. Yes. Uh, I think, was it Hogan who drove a semi into the Rocks ambulance? Or oh, Nash? Uh, yes, it might have been. Or, you know, yeah, exactly. It was things like, yeah, exactly. Things like that. So, uh, and- it was just awesome. The brutality of it was amazing. It's exactly what these two guys needed. And like you said, both guys looked great in the end. Oh, yeah. They, you know, Roman walking away, obviously, under, you know, under his own power. He obviously, that made him look pretty good. And, uh, you know, it was almost like a, that was almost like a heelish move, too, how he just had no remorse or anything, just smashes this thing and just walks away. And then, yeah, Strowman being, you know, being able to get out of there on his, and he was bleeding pretty well too. Like, I don't know if they just had him blade or what they did, but you know, he was bleeding in multiple spots and he just hobbles away too. Like, good God, that guy's not human. <laughs> exactly. And you mentioned it right there. Roman kind of pulling the heel stuff. People keep saying, I'm sure you saw it too. Was it a double turn? Yeah. Uh, I, I don't know. It's a toss. I think, um, I think tonight, tonight will obviously be a good indication of if that was the case or not. Here's my, I guess the new question that I always ask is it, it doesn't matter because Roman Reigns is kind of already a heel. People boo him as John Cena once said, I think it was on CNN. He goes, doesn't that mean I'm a bad guy? If people boo me, it's like, yeah, but you're still John freaking Cena and you say like hustle, loyalty and respect and you're all like good natured and blah, blah, blah. America. So, right, America. So Roman Reigns is still going to get booed regardless of what he does. And Braun Strowman's going to get cheered regardless of what he does tonight. Yeah, I think it's – and I think there are two cases of guys who are, you know, what I've heard called tweeners where they're not heel, they're not face. They're just, you know, they're just kind of – they're – they're somewhere in the middle because like you said, you know, Roman's still going to get booed or he's going to get cheered. And same thing with Strowman. I'm sure some people out there still, you know, don't probably particularly care for him. 
so I think they are, but I don't think it necessarily is a double turn. It could just be, you know, more heat on Roman and a little less heat on Strowman. Yeah, I, I don't know how to read it. It's a weird gray area that I'm just not really familiar with as far as classic wrestling because, like, when you had Stone Cold, he was a, in, in all honesty, a bad guy. He was beating up his boss. And people loved it, so he got cheered. So people were cheering the technical bad guy. Yep. And now it's kind of the same way, but maybe not, because Strowman's the quote-unquote bad guy, but people are cheering him. But now Reigns is the bad guy because he took a semi to, or not a semi, an ambulance to a uh, brick wall? I, it's just weird. I don't know what they're going to do with this. But as far as last night, I think they set up a lot of avenues they could go down. Oh, absolutely. Because some people are saying, um, you know, I waited till we got to this match, but some people are saying that Strowman may or may not be the one that actually faces Lesnar at SummerSlam for the title, and Roman might do something else until uh, after that because they still want they still want him and Lesnar apparently as the main event for WrestleMania 34. So they may even push Strowman. Uh, that was just, obviously that's just a big rumor, but you know, that's what I'm hearing. Yeah. I mean, I wouldn't be shocked because technically Strowman did win the match. <laughs> right. So, I mean, based on that one, you kind of got to give it to him. Um, but yeah, I Strowman Lesnar, I guess my only problem is if Strowman loses, like he's already taken one big loss to reigns at, uh, I think it was payback. Yeah. And you don't want to have him lose again. Like, what do you no, he can't. He can't win clean. Yeah. So. Clean. Yeah. So that one, we'll see. Uh, Strowman technically did win the match, uh, so he has all all the rights to say, "Hey, I'm I'm in line for a title shot, right?" Yeah, I I would think so. So we'll definitely see tonight. Uh, in between all of that chaos, and this is going to take like two minutes of our time because that's how long the match apparently lasted. He Slater took on Kurt Hawkins. I have no, I have no words. Match of the night. Oh yeah, man, hundred. Are you kidding me? Match of the night. The man has kids. He's got to get paid. Match of the night. Uh, we don't know how the match ended. We heard it from JoJo. She said he Slater gets the win. Uh, but we saw like three wrestling moves, and then they went back to the uh, Braun Strowman situation. So that was a match that happened. I that, that was a real thing. I guess you know I. I definitely had like, you know, WTF going on in my head. I'm like, is what's happening? And then when they cut, I, like you said, they cut to the Strowman thing again. And all of a sudden you just hear the bell ring and you're like, what's, what is going on? It, it was very weird. And I don't necessarily hate it because it's just Slater and Hawkins and not to, you know, disparage them, but I don't really care what happens between those two. Um, yeah. yeah, it was just weird that they tried to fake a match. Or maybe they maybe that was not planned. Maybe they just threw them out there because Kurt Hawkins did not look like he was ready. You know what? I did notice that too. Yeah, it looked like he was still doing his tape or whatever when he was on his way out. And uh, maybe it wasn't. Maybe they just said, hey, uh, just go out there and, I don't know, just entertain for two minutes. <laughs> but like you said, it's, you know, it, no offense to Slater and Kurt Hawkins, but it's like, it's funny, actually, if you watch if you watch the two minutes that they did put on 
TV, you look at everybody and everybody's just looking at the screen to see the ambulance thing. They're not even looking at the ring. Yeah, they don't care. <laughs> they don't care in the slightest. No. <laughs> and I don't really care either, so let's move on. Uh, Brock Lesnar, Samoa Joe, your main event for the Universal Championship. Uh, I liked the match. I thought it was good for what they built it up as. Um, but I guess my one biggest thing is that Brock Lesnar won with one F5. Yep. I would have been so much more happier, even if Lesnar won, which I didn't want, but if Lesnar hit maybe two or three of those things and then pinned him, I would have been like, all right, you made Samoa Joe look pretty badass. But it was one F5 right out of the uh, Coquina clutch, and bada bing, bada boom, we're done. Uh, I am totally on your side with that for sure. Uh, I did like the match. I liked it. I love how they had, you know, all in all, like you said, wasn't a particular fan of the ending, but all in all, I think overall, they made Joe look good. They made Joe look good. He came hot out of the gate, uh, you know, putting the pressure on Brock a lot. Uh, you know, he was taking those suplexes like a champ, you know, getting back up. But I agree a hundred percent. If you really, if you really wanted to make Joe, you know, come out squeaky clean, like looking pristine, he should have kicked out of that first F five. It should have taken him at least one more, if not another one. It would have heightened the drama. You know, imagine the look on Brock's face if Joe would have kicked out. Uh, th- that would have been great emotion right there. That would have been great footage, um, and they just kind of ended it. Yeah, and I, I don't know if they're strapped for time because I, I wasn't able to watch the last part live. But e- even if they are, it's their own network. They can go as long as they want. Exactly. Um, but, yeah, I thought it was great. How, like you said, Joe came out of the gate. He started beating him up before the bell even rang, put him through a freaking table. It's like, okay. Mm-hmm. We that came, was awesome. Yeah, we came to play. Uh, and then, he, you know, the whole thing was him setting up that coquina clutch, and he got it on eventually, and Brock was looking like he's going down, and then, you know, super steroid, I, I mean, superhuman. <laughs> <laughs> steroids and macaroni. Eats yeah. a lot of macaroni. <laughs> superhuman Brock Lesnar gets up and just powers through and gets it down, which, you know what, I'm fine with. That's the character. He's the beast. But, like, make Joe look strong and at least kick out a one. You know what I mean? John Cena's kicked out of an F5. Uh, I believe Goldberg, did Goldberg kick out of an F5 at, uh, at WrestleMania? And- Media match, I think so. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, just make Joe look a little stronger and I would have been okay with it, but I guess for what it was, I didn't hate it. It's just, I thought Joe could have looked a little better, you know? No, I, uh, I definitely agree. Um, it was about, it was about the time that you're going to get out of Lesnar. I, I understand. Actually, I backtrack. I don't understand. I I'm, to be honest with you, I'm kind of sick of Lesnar. I hate this whole part-time champion thing. Like, how how are you going to build your flagship show, Raw, the one that you want everybody to watch, the only show that you care that you know has good ratings, and you're going to try to build this show without really a champion there every single week? Right. I, I agree. I, I just I don't. I'm. I used to love Lesnar when he could put on you know, 20 minute matches with angle on that, you know, his first run in the WWE. Awesome. You know, he was putting on good matches with the rock, you know, and, and Kurt angle, but obviously he's like, you know, I get it. He's getting older, but we're getting like five minute matches out of him. 
I can't like people are paying money to good money to go see him at pay-per-views and they're getting him for five minutes. Give me a break. Yeah. I mean, they're building him like a UFC guy and that's kind of what that match was. And in some parts it was Samoa Joe and Brock Lesnar doing some like quote unquote UFC stuff. They were grappling and that's just how they build them now. And that's, that's fine. But like, don't make it for the title. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like, like you said, the part-time thing, it didn't used to bother me as much, but now that they don't build any other title as much as they should, it, it's just not, it's not what it needs to be for me anymore. You know, I mean, the Miz is the second tier champion right now and the Miz has been great. He's been, he's established himself again, but it's, it's still the Miz. <laughs> you know what I yeah. mean? He's yeah. not. He's not Roman Reigns. He's not Braun Strowman. He's not Finn Balor, who we don't even see on pay-per-views, apparently. He's not Rollins, you know, even Bray Wyatt. Bray Wyatt's a former champion, and he's opening the show. So, exactly. Yeah, I, I just think the part-time thing needs to end sooner rather than later. Uh, I just don't think it's going to. No, I, that's, and that's the problem, like, you know. I get I get scared and nervous when I hear things like they possibly want Brock to hold it until like Mania. I'm thinking to myself, "Are you nuts?" Like, I, I just have him. That's fine. Have him drop it at a, at a big show, but have him drop it at SummerSlam. I just I can't I can't see how much longer you can go on with this without people just getting you know kind of. I mean, wrestling fans were the classic uh, example of you know people moan and complain but still gonna watch it yeah and that's that's the biggest thing is they say if you don't like the product turn the channel but i've really got nowhere else to go unfortunately i mean i could go roh i could go new japan but i as far as i know they're not as consistent as far as like on a weekly basis they believe well i don't know how it is out by you but back in Buffalo on, on Fox, I can talk to you like this because I know you know the stations. <laughs> on, on Fox, Ring of Honor plays. Now, granted, the slots are pretty crappy that they have to be in, but Ring of Honor is on weekly every Sunday. Wow. And actually, you know what I think is great for Ring of Honor is they are Sundays at 11 o'clock till midnight over here. Okay. So think about that. The WWE pay-per-view ends, and if people are still looking for their fix of wrestling, oh, shoot, Ring of Honor's on. I can just throw it on Fox. Yep. I think uh, every now and then I'll go to the gym late at night when I'm on weekends and because uh, that's just my sleep schedule. And mm. it's on Channel 3 here on the competition. So, yeah, I, that makes sense. They are on late at night on a random channel. Uh, I, I wish ROH was more often. I've, I watched a few of their pay-per-views later, like two or three weeks after it's happened, and right. they put on fantastic shows, man. They, uh, I am a huge advocate of them because, uh, you know, and I, it's funny because I've seen wrestlers like, that I follow on Twitter like X-Pac, you know, Waltman. Uh, you know, he echoes, he echoes what I think right now is in 2017 – some people may still think that WWE is the mecca, and it is. It always will be. But there is so much good wrestling out there right now, like alternative content, that if you are getting, you know, if you are getting fed up with WWE and you don't want to watch it, you know, Ring of Honor is there. Um, 
even Jeff Jarrett rebranding TNA now. It's no longer TNA. It's his Global Force Wrestling. There's there's things out there, and Global Force is getting the big stars that you know are no longer in WWE or elsewhere. You know, mixed with their homegrown talent, they have some of the guys that you've seen on WWE programming going over there. Right, right. I think that's huge. You know, I I think people need to expand their palette in the wrestling world because, and believe it or not, too, if you want to get in touch with your if you want to get in touch with your favorite NXT stars and guys who move up to the main roster, I'm going to tell you what, right now it seems like almost a way more than half the time, but probably like 90% it seems like, and that could just be me exaggerating a lot. All these guys are coming from TNA and they're coming from Ring of Honor. Yeah. Uh, Leo Rush, like you just said, Bobby Fish, he just debuted at a live show for NXT. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I heard about that. I know there's a couple. Uh, one guy from TNA, I think his name was Sam, it might be Samuel Shaw or Chris, I don't know. Anyway, some guy just you know same thing. He debuted at a live event uh, for NXT. Yeah, so I mean, those are the indie promotions that are expanding to the point where their guys are seeing WWE as the mecca, and then they go there. So. You know, not that I'm going to sit here and pass WWE or say don't watch it because I clearly watch it as much as I can every week. Uh, but yeah, if you want to expand and kind of get a new uh, idea of what wrestling is like outside of WWE, you'll see a lot of great matches in New Japan, ROH, even Global Force, even though I'm real, I'm real against Global Force right now. I just think they have some weird business models or whatever you want to call it. They do some stupid stuff. Uh, but yeah, definitely, uh, expand your horizons and kind of see what's out there. Yeah, I agree. And yeah, trust me, I get the whole global force thing. I don't know what's going on. Like I thought that was a sinking ship a while ago and it was just barely staying afloat. But I think ring of honor, if they had a little more, if they had a little more money behind them and they could up the production value, I think they would be some you know, seri- they would be in serious talk with, you know, at least Global Force, and uh, they would be a good second alternative to WWE, I think. Definitely. All right, uh, give me one up and one down from this pay-per-view, Mr. Uh, TLC. I had to give one up. My one up here, um, probably the ambulance match. Yep. Probably the ambulance match, uh, as you were talking about it. Definitely... It would probably be my match of the night. I thought it was very well done. Uh, the drama was there. It, it was well packaged. Um, in terms of a down, this is tough because I I feel like it had more downs than ups to me, to be honest with you, this one. Um, but... If I had to, if I had to pinpoint one, it was it was probably the women's match. Uh, yeah. Just the ending, and you know what it, it's a lot of honestly. Last night, a lot of things to me were like, "What's next?" You know, what's what now? Yeah, and the, unfortunately, as I'm looking at this, this the women's match was the only one that had a uh, screwy finish, as they call it. They call it something else, but I can't say that word. Uh, so. I mean, Bray Wyatt cleanly defeated Seth Rollins. Big Cass cleanly defeated Enzo. Uh, Cesaro and Sheamus cleanly defeated the Hardy Boys. Sasha won by count out. 
Miz cleanly defeated Dean, so on and so forth. So, yeah, it just was a dumb way to end that match. I get that you want to further the feud, but you could have done it in a lot of different ways. You could have had her pin her, but not really pin her with, like, a foot under the ropes. I don't know, but that yeah. that was my big down. I thought that feud deserved a little bit more than that. Yeah, I agree. Uh, going through the titles here quickly, Neville, Cruiserweight champion, where do they go from here? I mean, that's a good question. It, I think there was a little backstage. There was a little backstage segment somewhere in there uh, with Titus and Tazawa again. Um, I don't know if they keep going with the Tazawa thing. I, it, to me, there's a group of really talented guys in um, the cruiserweight that were, you know, back on my tirade that were in Ring of Honor or somewhere else before. You know, uh, Cedric Alexander. He just came back uh, from injury. Um, I still love Rich Swan, you know, guys like that. Uh, Gentleman Jack. Yeah. I would like to see one of them step up, but they seem to be really, really behind Neville right now. And I'm okay with it. Don't get me wrong. But somewhere along the line, I'm just, I don't think the 205 is structured very well in, in terms of, I feel like they just throw Neville into these feuds by, having a you know fatal eight way or some bs and then some guy just gets the number one contendership i just don't think there's really a story build ever right yeah it's it's weird the way they go with it and they never seem to have someone who's next in line aside from austin Aries. that made sense and then they had three matches where neville won and now it's like all right who's the next guy tozawa out of nowhere sure why not yeah exactly right so, that's what i'm saying yeah so it'll be interesting to see i don't know if they can call someone up from nxt maybe i think uh uh what's his face oh uh, he does the gts oh it's uh, Tommy. Tom. yeah i think he's small enough to be 205 live so Listen, he's, he's another one that i i don't particularly believe should be pigeonholed because of the matches and the people he's working with in nxt he's working with you know Cash is Ono, Rue, he's working with all those guys. Oh, I agree. I don't want him to be pigeonholed, but I could see him doing it, unfortunately, just because he's smaller. Sure. Um, so, yeah, hopefully it's not anyone like that, but I, I don't really know where they go with Neville either, unfortunately. Uh, yeah. The tag team belts, Cesaro and Sheamus, still your champions. They've beat the Hardy Boys two times in a row now. Mm-hmm. Uh, do they keep that feud going? Who would be next in line? I, I don't really know. I, the only tag team that seems to matter are those two, to be honest. Well, yeah. What I mean, I don't know about you, and maybe this is probably just my biased opinion, but I get it that Sheamus and Cesaro are the uh, heel champions right now, but like what BS that uh, how they use Anderson and Gallows. It yeah. Drive, it's crazy because, you know, once again, I, I just I keep going back. I sound like a broken record, but this is my defense that you look at them at outside companies. They were enormous stars, huge stars. They were so over. And now WWE is just doing nothing with them. I kind of wonder, because if we look at it, Finn Balor not being used, Anderson not being used, Gallows not being used. Could they be bringing in the uh, long-rumored Balor Club finally, and then maybe those guys will do like a little heel thing going down? I, 
I don't know. I mean, I wouldn't be mad about it because I think I think that would be a great angle. I think that would be a great angle where you bring them in and they're, you know, they're pissed off because they're not getting used. And they use, you know, like we were huge in Japan, you know, we were mega stars over there and we come over here and you guys treat us like crap and that. I think that would be a great storyline to run with. It would be classic, you know. I I hope there's something down the line because that would be a true faction that would finally get some play. I mean, there, there aren't really any factions anymore. The Miztourage. <laughs> I mean, yeah. there's nothing the new days on SmackDown. Uh, but like, you don't really have a three person faction anymore on raw. So oh. I hope that, I hope that happens. Uh, women's title. I, I think Sasha and Alexa are going to keep it going. Yeah. Um, and you know, by the looks of it right now, it's like, Alexa is so over with everybody. Uh, there, I honestly, it doesn't look like there's any stopping her in sight right now. Um, you know, obviously Bailey's taken the back seat ever since her loss. Um, Sasha, I don't know what they want to do with her, but it seems like Alexa's going to have it for a while. It, it, I'd be surprised if they just stripped it from her, you know, sooner rather than later. Yeah, I think Alexa's going to keep holding on to it until until they decide to push, like, Nia Jax or... Because they've kind of had, like, a weird friendship, but not really because Nia Jax is obviously huge. So, uh, yeah, I don't know. I think Alexa's got to keep it for a while because that's just the storyline. She's the heel champ, quote-unquote heel, that everyone loves. Uh, so we'll see where they go with that one. The Miz, he's still the Intercontinental Champion. Um I, I don't know. I don't think they keep going with Dean Ambrose. I hope they move on. Uh, I could see Seth Rollins, Bray Wyatt, um, Finn Balor. I, I don't know where they go with The Miz next. Uh, I'm, I'm really going to hope and bank on the, on the Baylor thing. Uh, just because I thought, I thought they did pretty good work on that Miz TV. You know, I, I the Miz TV segment wasn't anything to write home about, but I thought it was good. And I think Baylor would be a good placeholder. And, you know, then like you said, if Baylor has it, then I feel like you could bring some real notoriety to it. If you had him go up, going up against Seth Rollins or Bray Wyatt for it, you know, really bringing some prestige back to it. Like it's an actual sought after title, especially if you're going to have that part-time universal. Exactly, and that that was the one time that I thought Balor had some decent like mic skills. Not the one time, but it was a good opportunity for him to go against someone who all he does is talk on the mic. That's Mrs. Right. Stick. So uh, it, it kind of gave Balor an opportunity to show his skills as well on the mic. So I think that would be a great feud. Uh, it probably won't happen because we both want it to. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but exactly. Uh, we'll, we'll see on that one as well. Final one, Universal Champ, Brock Lesnar, still the guy. Uh, I don't know if they give Joe a rematch. I don't know if they move on to Strowman. I, we'll probably see more tonight, but I, I would not mind a Joe rematch. I don't know how they would build it again. It's kind of that, like the air kind of feels like it's out of the balloon already. Yeah. And, uh, that was a good, I thought that was a good build. I loved that Joe, Joe seemed like the first person. Well, okay. Let me say, let me say first person besides Goldberg to get the upper hand on Lesnar in a while. Yeah. 
in terms of like you know him sneaking up behind him and and choking him out that one time when he was coming out like I thought the build was really good to this but you're right is it kind of deflated now like should after taking that loss like that should Samoa Joe get it right away or do you know Roman and Strowman come out now and make a big stink about them being the number one contenders which I think that makes more sense right now I feel like they almost wanted to give Joe a trial run, see how he did with it. Seems like they liked what he did. Um, you know, maybe they throw him into the secondary title picture or give him somebody else for for now to make to just keep pushing him. Yeah, I, I could see that going either way. I guess I wouldn't be upset if Joe started going for the IC title. Um, he's an, he's another guy who hasn't held the title on the main roster. Mm-hmm. So I think you know you got to get him give him something <laughs> at some point he was the nxc champ for a while but uh yeah i i could see that going a number of ways and we'll probably find that all out tonight gotta love wrestling you find it out the next day right wrestling oh yeah well hey that's the uh that's the long con is uh they draw you in and they they give you the old cliffhanger and say oh guess what uh come see us tomorrow <laughs> right uh it sucks but yeah we tune in every single week uh, all right, I, you've got somewhere to go like real soon, don't you? Going to see uh, going to see three eleven in a little bit in Lewiston at our park. All right, I, I have a friend who's been on this podcast. His name's Harrison, and he loves three eleven. Uh, I what's their band like? I know nothing about them. Oh man, they're um, it's weird. It's almost like they're they're like a punk, but uh, some reggae almost too. But uh, they're primarily a rock band, I would say. Okay, okay. Pretty, well. solid, pretty solid, though. They've been around for a while. They've been around since, like, they were in, like, that new metal wave, almost, like, with Korn and all of them in the mid-'90s and that. So they're kind of like, if that would be a good reference point. Gotcha. I, I take some Korn back in the day. Freak on a leash, you know. Oh, that's, that's the one, baby. That's there. the one you got to listen to. There you go. All right, man. So uh, where can people find you on Twitter? Find me at LaCastro underscore Troy. That's L-I-C-A-S-T-R-O. And anywhere else you want people to find you if you want people talking to you. Yeah, hey, if you guys want to find me on uh, Instagram, you can do that too. That one is just Troy underscore LaCastro. So just the other way around. That's where I'm at. There you go. And be sure to follow us on thegeekiverse.com, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, thegeekiverse on all of them, except Twitter is still the underscore geekiverse. I know Josiah has tried to get that underscore taken away, but whoever has the Geekiverse won't, won't give it up. So uh, we're going to have to break some skulls to get that one, I guess. Uh, we're going to have to do some stunners, crack open some Steve Washers to get that. Oh, hell yeah. I can't what, hear the voice. What, what? <laughs> That's pretty spot on. Uh, if he ever <laughs> hears that, he's going to hate us. <laughs> he won't ever hear this. It's fine. Uh, all right, man. Well, you go have fun at your concert. I'm going to put this on SoundCloud, which is really weird and like, almost meta that i'm saying that out loud like, and go get some beauty sleep yeah I, you know i know i know you need to uh you know get to your napping uh, i'll get i'll get another nap in and then we'll go to work and we'll do it all again yay Woo. all right man take it easy hey you too